Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. So why is it the way we hire people has barely changed in the past 50 years? In honor of this week's Disrupt HR, today we're talking about disruption. Disruption will impact your business and is coming faster than you think. Either you can eat your own lunch or someone will eat it for you. So are you prepared? We're going to teach you uh, how to self-disrupt and uh, starting with how you hire. Today's quote, disruptors don't have to discover something new. They just have to discover a practical use for new discoveries. Any idea who said that? That sounds like Jay Summit. You're spot on. <laughs> Woo! All right, I'm Rick Gerard, and this is the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts like our guest today, Scott Hamilton. He's the president and CEO of Executive Next Practices. Anybody around Orange County knows Scott. Scott's a well-known thought leader and speaker in the field of next practices improvement of uh, leadership and organizational performance for Global 1000 emerging and mid-market companies. Scott helps leaders and organizations be more effective in how they strategize and perform. Scott, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Hey, Rick. Great to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Happy to have you. So uh, we're going to cover today is uh, what is disruption and are you prepared? We're going to confirm that someone's going to eat your lunch for you. And then uh, we're going to talk about how your business uh, can disrupt yourself with uh, starting with how you hire. Let's dive into it right now. So, Scott, you host Disrupt HR uh, around both here right. in San Diego. Talk to me about disruption. What is it and why should people be worried about it? Yeah, again, uh, you mentioned people are going to eat your lunch. It's more like somebody's going to push you down the stairs and you never <laughs> see them coming. So it's this idea of blindside, right? Uh, this is our CEOs. We've got several thousand in our executive next practice network. And also, by the way, I run next work strategy. So we work, next work strategy works with enterprise level companies to help them align and, and speed their uh, transformation. Disruption is this idea that you potentially could be blindsided by somebody even from outside your industry could come in and take over your product line, your particular way of doing things. Yeah. Um, it's the Uberization of organizations. You make a great point. I saw a presentation you did a few weeks ago where you're talking about, you know, blindsiding. So was Yellow Cab Company completely blindsided by Uber? Probably, right? Yes. Obviously, because they didn't make a and what's interesting is the largest companies, like the largest hotel company is Airbnb, yet they own no property. No. So crazy, right? Well, you know, you've got Netflix. Sometimes it's blindsided. Sometimes we just fail to see. So yeah. the Netflix business model was presented to the Blockbuster board years before Netflix came along, but they still ignored it. Which is great because I hated Blockbuster and their late <laughs> fees. Minute. They're obscene. Right. <laughs> so I was happy to see them go. So disruption is usually a term that's synonymously interchanged with both innovation and transformation, really. Right. And it's happening at such a quick rate now. And most of us are just have blinders on and don't realize it. Would you yeah. agree? I would totally agree. We, what happens is we rush to standardize anything we do. As sure. soon as we establish a business model, we say, great, let's set, create a set of processes and practices and let's go follow those. Let's standardize them. Yeah. And as soon as we standardize them, we immediately open ourselves up to disruption. Because or, that's the way we've always done it. We've always done it that way. Yeah. Status quo. Let's talk about a little bit about where disruption comes from, because this is something that people have to realize, right? You mentioned, you know, it's probably on the, run me through where it typically comes from. 
it typically comes from just totally looking at something in a new, fresh way, right? Besides my tongue. So what, what happens is we all get myopic to our field, to our industry, to our functional role, right? Sure. We start to look at it with blinders on. So sometimes it takes a fresh pair of eyes or for us to get outside of our element to look at things differently. That's why you see so many people that take on sabbaticals and they come back. They've got a whole fresh look, outlook on life. Self-introspection. Yeah, absolutely. So let's pick apart like maybe just a typical business that's out there, like maybe look at McDonald's. I don't know. Is that something that can be disruptable? Yeah, absolutely. The whole food service model, now you're applying robotics, AI to that. So it's not going to be unusual to go to a McDonald's in the future within five years and there will not be any people at all. It'll all be done by uh, robotics and a combination of that and AI. Yeah. And so the climate is shifting as far as jobs go, for sure. So, you know, the menial tasks are the ones that are going to be eliminated first. Sure. Yeah. That's going to be unfortunate for a lot of people, though. It's going to have displacement issues. Yeah, it is. Repercussions. And, and, uh, well, this kind of jumps into a different arena. But for people, it comes now down to a matter of, according to Mark Cuban, is a big proponent of this, comes down to creativity, judgment, being able to see the future, which so far AI can't do extremely well. So it's, again, that idea of really using the human characteristics of being extremely creative. And that's where people can come up with this idea of ideation and keep yourself ahead of the game. Yeah, you have to keep yourself relevant. In whatever yeah, you're doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, the knowledge-based workers are really going to be, what, five, ten years out? The only people that are still around <laughs> yeah. in jobs? Yeah, it really is. And yeah. then structurally, as a society, we're going to find other roles for people that are not in that, quote-unquote, knowledge worker class or knowledge worker segment. Yeah. Uh, there will be other opportunities. Got it. So this is mainly stemming from technology, right? Yeah, it has a lot to do with digital transformation. That's yeah. what it's always been about and continues to happen. Keep in mind, though, we've got a long way to go. Just look at healthcare and how far it's got to go before we really have got that streamlined and efficient as it could be. Look at governmental services. There are a lot of fields that still have not been absolutely transformed. Yeah. Even banks, major banks, are still holding on to their mainframes. Is that primarily because of the regulations and, and all the red tape that's been in there? Red tape and just the transformation cost yeah. of going, in the case of banks, going away from mainframe computers onto cloud-based systems. It's a huge, huge transformation. So here's yeah. a sideline note. If you are a COBOL, if you know how to program in COBOL, and I don't care what age you are, that's still a vibrant, <laughs> vibrant field God, right does now. does anybody really know how to print Like, it's I amazing. remember that when I was a kid. <laughs> exactly. I think uh, Fortran and COBOL were the... Like, I took a coding class in high school, and that's what it was. Right. <laughs> I'm going to age myself. <laughs> well, thanks to, thanks to the major banks. That's in a booming field right now. God, really? It's funny because I work in technology, and everything is Java, C++, yeah, open yeah. source. I mean, it's like there's really... If somebody came to me and said, I'm looking for a COBOL programmer, I'd say, I have no idea where to find one. <laughs> All right. So, you know, so technology-driven, we're looking at AI, we're looking at machine learning, blockchain, even, well, you mentioned automation. Just automating processes, simple processes, robotics. But, you know, here's the thing about, uh, when we talk more generally about talent and innovation, Mm -hmm. here's the biggest, biggest hurdle we have to overcome. That is tapping the collective intelligence of organizations. Right now, we tap about 3% of our collective IQ. That's according to the neural leadership studies that we've seen. So, 3% of the IQ that you have in your company, that's all you're tapping? That's all we're tapping. Really? Usually, it's the eight-person executive team that's contributing, but not the 50,000 people or eight people underneath them. So, that's where all the best ideas come from, too. 
it, it's where the best ideas come from. Yeah. All the best products have come from within an organization, not from the top. It kind of reminds me, do you ever see that movie Elf with um, uh, Will Ferrell? <laughs> sure. Right. Remember the part where he's in the mailroom? And, yeah. and they, um, they're sitting there, I think they're drinking, <laughs> and basically he says, I got great ideas. I'm stuck here in this mailroom. I got so many great ideas for this company. So maybe we should check the mailroom. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's just Tap it. into it at least, right? Exactly. What we prescribe then is make your business strategy, your business model clear enough so it can be shared across the entire organization to all stakeholders, including your board members, strategic partners, customers, because ideas can come from your customers, obviously. Oh, yeah. So make your business model clear enough where it can be shared. So we've done a lot of work in this field where we do what we call business strategy mapping, where okay. people can literally see it, touch it feel it, and share their ideas about how they can improve it or knock it down. If you're just turning into the podcast or joining us on the live stream, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and today our guest is Scott Hamilton. He's the president and CEO of Executive Next Practices. So we just discussed a little bit about disruption. Now we're going to go into how do you disrupt? Let's dive right into that. So why it's important to start innovating or disrupting your organization? Here's what we prescribe. Let's just say you take your team off-site right now for a strategic session. Yep. Even if just you, you're one person firm or you've got five people. Sure. Taking them off-site out of your current environment to do a deep dive on your strategy. Get away from your environment. No distractions, no phones, no other interference from the media. But thinking of clearly about your model and where it needs to go from here. So if it's just you, you're probably just meditating. Yeah, right? you're basically <laughs> meditating. But you're away from right. your environment. You're away from the family. You're, you're really thinking this through. Sure. And you're asking yourself four questions. And the four questions are, what do I need to stop doing? What can I eliminate today that's no longer adding value to my value proposition? Okay. What can I eliminate? And that'll take out time, cost, and resources that you're spending money on that you're you're grinding against. Okay. That's question one. Question two, what could you reduce? Not completely eliminate, but just reduce the amount of time and money you're spending on it. Maybe it's a product line or a service that people aren't using. Just reduce it so that the customers won't feel it, but it'll take some cost out of your business. The third question you ask yourself, what do I need to expand? What service, product, relationship with the customer do I really just want to amp up way beyond the competition? Just make myself excel in the marketplace. So I really stand out for that service. You know, if you're an automobile, you're a Lexus that's going above and beyond in terms of servicing vehicles, you know, like the service Lexus dealerships. And, and that's does, usually something that's customer driven or really, customer really driven. needs driven, right? Yeah, it's got to be about the customer here. So that's about data, like making sure that you have the right data as yeah, well. Exactly. Getting the right data there. And then the fourth question you want to ask yourself is, what do I want to create? That's okay. the toughest question to answer. But if you've answered the other three, it will naturally lead you to what you need to create that will transform your business. Now, if you ask those four questions like we do in our strategic offsites we do with companies, it is amazing. You'll see literally hundreds of ideas pop up. Not all you can act on. Yeah. So then you go through a screening process to say, that's great to have. We'll look at it later. This is something we're going to look at in the next 12 months. Here are some ideas we can act on right now. So which part is the disruption piece? Is it actually the elimination or the creation? It's all four. It's all it's four. really all four. Okay. You're going to see the disruption emanate from answering one of those four questions. Okay. So Uber, the question about expansion, expansion of services, sure. that was their look at the yellow cab industry and saying, we can do this better. We oh, can yeah. get people from point A to point B in a more elegant and more efficient way. Them being a startup, though, there wasn't really anything that they needed to do. Well, I guess they are eliminating the, the overpriced cabs, right? 
Yeah, it, it's the they're whole, eliminating uh, the lack of choice. Yeah, it's the lack of choice, but they're also fulfilling again above and beyond the need of the customer for more immediate service, okay. on the spot service, on the spot receipt, on the spot mapping of where they've been, etc. All right, so how do we correlate this to hiring? Right. So let's take it back to where to start. I, I'm a firm believer that most business issues are people issues. They, they are. Yeah. And so if you're hiring wrong, which probably 90% of the companies out there, maybe even more, do, then you've got a lot of pe- wrong people in the wrong seats that probably aren't contributing. Right. So how do we disrupt that? How do we break that back? Yeah. You know, this is the number one area that needs disruption in most businesses, <clears throat> Rick. It's that. The fact that we, I mentioned that rush to standardize, we also rush to put specs around a job description and then try to fit people to that job spec. And then we rush to automate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea here is get people that I like to say they're contrarian team players, contrarian team players. That is someone who will challenge you, but also be able to work well with others. That's your number one candidate right there. Somebody who will help you clean the truck in the sandbox rather than taking it from you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then the other thing we tend to do, as I mentioned before, we tend to box people in and not tap their collective intelligence. So all our systems and processes, anything we have that stands in the way of them being able to share ideas, take risk, move the ball forward, we need to, to change those processes and practices. Sure. All right. So we're talking about hiring processes and practices, which I feel are archaic. I mean, there's no reason why, well... Or they're non-existent, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you think about it, the the interview that you probably did when you were coming out of your first job, at, I mean, I, my first job was at Burger King. I can go to an interview, and I think it's the same interview from, from 20 years ago. Yep, we, years ago. we haven't changed it at all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, interview process has always been driven to exclude as opposed to include people. Yeah. So we're always looking to weed people out instead of weeding them in. So right, right from the get-go, we've set ourselves up for failure. And there. the tool that we use to do that is a resume. And the resume is just a quick snapshot of skills and hiring for skills is not a good idea. So we're, let's take that and flip that over because it's, it's all bass backwards, <laughs> for lack of a better term, right? There's so much money going into recruiting too that they they're like you said they're trying to cut the time down and trying to automate the process. But if you're a small company, you can't afford to do that. You should be reaching out to everybody and talking to them. Yeah, that's just it. You've got two things you're wanting to do. You want to get your message out there to the marketplace about what your business is about and the value proposition. At the same time, you're trying to attract as an employer the employer value proposition and make it clear what it's like to work for you. Make that super clear so you're attracting the right people into yeah. the environment. Definitely. So how do we do that? How do we attract the right people? If you're trying to reach that contrarian team player <laughs> that I mentioned, yeah. which it, it sounds like an impossible term to reach, but if you're trying to reach them, you can like where it. they you are. I like it. You should coin that. Um, You've got to go to where those contrarians are meeting and thinking, and you got to where they're congregating. But um, a lot of time, that's out of outside your industry a lot of times, too. A lot and, of times. And people don't think to go outside the industry. That's where a lot of the best ideas come from. Yeah. Now, this number is partly scientific. But when we go back to disruption itself, keep this in mind. Most businesses, most industry is being disrupted by outsiders over 75% of the time. This is not internal disruption happening. This is coming from outside your industry sector. So to your point. So people who overlap on the peripherals. If you're looking on talent, get somebody that's got a wholly different career track to come in and give a fresh perspective. You're starting to see this now with a lot of companies bringing at the CEO level, bringing people in from diverse fields 
to take a whole new tact on it. Well, if you think about it as a as a business owner or an entrepreneur, you're doing a business that you've never done before. So doesn't it make sense that you want to kind of cultivate that? Because if you're hiring talented people, then you've got a situation where you've got that collective that you're being able to dig into. So using 3% of brain power, that is scary to me. It, it is a, a scary proposition. If, however, we convert that Three percent. If we just gain another ten percent of the collective intelligence of our organization, we are on hyperdrive at that point. We've got ideas coming into us that we can potentially act on and keep us ahead of the competition. That's really what we're looking. Do we for. have any data on how that backs up as far as the bottom line goes for yeah, a company? We can show direct ROI on this. A couple of points we want to make. One is, it's not always tiger teams and cross-functional teams. That is one way to go. However. The studies have shown it's the individual idea that often is the winner, the individual idea. So you've got to create an environment, policies, and practices where the individual can thrive as well as the teams. Now, you mentioned Because you got to remember sometimes, yeah, sometimes Tiger teams can shut down a good idea that's bubbling up. So you have to watch that. That's a caveat we have here. Yeah. Now, let's explain to the audience what a Tiger team is. It's got a lot of def- different definitions, depending on who you talk to, but basically we use the definition that these are focused against a particular problem. This is a team of people, sometimes cross-functional, often cross-functional, that are driving after a problem, have a set time frame in order to get it done and bring that solution to the company. Again, it's clearly defined with a clearly defined role and timetable. That's the way we've, we've seen it work the best. Got it. So they're designed... They're put together and designed to disrupt your current model. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Quick example, uh, Fred Thiel, former chairman of Local.com, was famous for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He uh, set aside a team whose sole charter was to disrupt his business. They went off into a different section of the building, said, okay, how do we disrupt the business today? So that's one technique that's actually quite interesting. Yeah, if you think about it, if you're paying for a team to put you out of business, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing for the organization. All right. So I'm a big believer in automation being more transactional. And so I don't, I don't think that that's a good thing, but there's a lot more money that's going into that, especially in a low unemployment market like we have right now. We're at 2.8% yeah. here in Orange County. The resources for screening, it shouldn't be about screening in or out. It should be about screening in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, every candidate should be called and really you have to focus in on solving a problem for that person. I think really the key to this is changing your mindset. Yeah, it really is. And a couple of things to that, Rick. Keep in mind that your candidate pool is going to change over time. They're going to collect different experiences. So someone you rejected two years ago may have acquired some different skill sets that you want to look at, some Mm -hmm. capabilities you want to look at. And also look at how you're framing what you're looking for. Remember that as organizations, we have to, in this environment, we've got to have peripheral vision. We've got to have be extremely agile. We've got to adapt quickly. We've got to percolate new ideas and act on those ideas quickly. So we have to have velocity within organizations. So the skill characteristics of people that work well in that environment, we've got to be looking and testing and interviewing for those skill sets. You know, I think at the bare minimum, if you just do the opposite of what you're doing now, <laughs> right. would probably work. Remember that old Seinfeld episode where uh, George Costanza yeah. did oh, the yeah. opposite of you everything that. that he was doing and all of a sudden everything was working? Yeah. He was getting all these great results? Yeah. All right, so that's... The whole counter, counterintuitive thing does work, yes. <laughs> it's better than what you have if it's not working, yeah. right? All right. All right, so Disrupt HR is on September 27th at UC Irvine. That's um, this Thursday, right? This Thursday. This one is very unique. 12 outstanding speakers, CEOs, top thought leaders. 
And uh, I hear you have a pretty cool moderator. There's a too. cool moderator <laughs> that uh, I can't remember his name. And uh, we'll take them through this fast-paced uh, environment. I mean, I've seen the presentations. They will blow you away. Any Anything from fractional CEOs to the gig economy to really get working with millennials in the future. So it's fantastic stuff. Also, I've got to put a plug in. Our growth summit is October 12th at uh, right. UCI. All right. Sounds good. So we're just about out of time for today's show. Thanks for your time investment. Thanks, uh, and I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, if anybody wants to reach you or find out more, uh, what's your web address and how do they reach you? Quickest thing to do is just Google ENP Institute, Edward Nancy Paul, ENP Institute. It'll pop right up. Look forward to seeing your people SEO at the next well. meeting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts. Our producers, Andrea Ballin and Shanti Ryle. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review our show. We want to bring more valuable content to you so your comments really matter. We do listen. Join our Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. Or check us out on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, YouTube. Follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Higher Power Radio Show. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Gerard one Tune in next week. Uh, we'll be discussing uh, another great topic with um, our guest, Kathy Dawson, who's the CEO of Dawson & Dawson. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 